0: I love Buddha Dharma. I always say Buddhism is more fun—more fun than what? I don't know, but it's 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 a joyous, it's a joyous spirit. So, on the subject, the precise subject of spontaneous meditation and sacred art of presencing. We hear a lot today about the now, but this is nothing new. The, the main spiritual classic introducing I mean one of them, Eastern thought in the West was "Be here now in the '60s." and before that, you know we could find many instances of it and of course, throughout Buddhism and other traditions of the timeless moment of spiritual epiphanies of the now, of the nowness. In Buddhism, we, we call it uh, taught in Tibetan Buddhism. We call it, not that we're here to study foreign words. We call tata shepa nowness awareness. This was Dujim Rinpoche's favorite Zogchen term. The late great Dujim Rinpoche, one of my teachers, the head of the Nyingmapa school, the great Zogchen master. Nowness awareness, not just awareness of the now, but the immediacy, the kind of um, the frizz or the, the evane, ev, uh, uh, what's the, the effervescence? Thank you. <laughs> The kind of alka seltzer of <laughs> mindfulness, the frizz where mind meets the object, and there's like a pfft. that's the, ta- 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 the moment, the nowness, awareness, the immediacy of being, the radiance, the sparkle, you know, the glow in a child or a young person's face. It's not really about wattage, like a light bulb. It's the nowness. It's the it's a miracle of life. It's the aliveness, yet it's indescribable. This nowness awareness that we all participate in, even when we're asleep, we're dreaming. Awareness is awake, even though we're sleeping. We not might not be lucidly dreaming, but we're dreaming. We remember dreams later. Something's happening in consciousness. Awareness is the creator in Buddhism. You could say karma is the creator, but there's no creator god or separate gods in Buddhism, in Buddhist thought, basically. But awareness is the creator. Awareness is the Alpha and Omega. Awareness is curative. Awareness is the beginning and the end of the Buddhist path. Awareness, wisdom. Pristine awareness. Gnosis. What word can we use for it in in Sanskrit? In Pali, the language of Theravada and Buddhism, prevalent here, it's Panya, as in Shila, Samadhi, and Panya, wisdom. Prajna, Panya, Prajna in Sanskrit, language of Mahayana. Prajna, transcendental wisdom, or Gnosis, or Jnana. pristine awareness. This this pure Chitta, not just the not just the mind and consciousness as usually understood but the luminosity, the inner light, the clarity, the radiant, the empty yet lucid cognizance, knowingness, nature of the mind that we can't get away from. Even in a coma, people have reported they can hear. Anybody heard this? Have you read Lou Richmond's book, um, as I call it, Awakening Lazarus? To me, all books are awakening, but his title is Raising Lazarus about his experiences of consciousness and coma. He's a Zen teacher who returned as if from the dead, like Lazarus. Here in Marin, Lewis Richmond, author of work as a spiritual practice. The awareness is there, even in unawareness, just like consciousness is there even in the unconscious. Even in Jung's collective unconscious, consciousness is there, right? Maybe not self-consciousness maybe not auditory consciousness, but consciousness, this basic luminosity. This is the basis of the sacred art of presencing, of nowness, awareness, practice, of Mahamudra and Dzogchen meditation, such as the clear light meditation and so forth, the great transparency or empty luminous meditations of those um, rather rarefied or direct access mystical meditations. So when we recognize this, then we see that thoughts are nothing but reflections in the luminous mirror-like awareness. They don't tarnish the mirror. They don't get stuck there unless the mirror reaches out and grabs them. You know, our mind has sort of two sides as I see it. The sticky flypaper analytical side and the other side, the Teflon side. In meditation, we, le- we learn to use the Teflon side of our brain pan to let things land and slide off. In school and in life, we use more the left brain, the rational, the memorizing, the collecting, the, the verbal, the conceptual side. Yes? And things land and stick in our brain pan. You know, at the best, we learn and remember things. At worst, they kind of stick and fry and burn. <laughs> And we become a jaded old know-it-all or something. Other, you know, shit happens. <laughs> so we we have to learn that there's a Teflon side too, let things arise and dissolve as they will in the empty yet cognizant, the so-called empty, the mysterious or the open and substantial yet lucid knowing cognizant side of our mind. In meditation we learn Choiceless awareness, non-reactivity, equanimity and objective detachment, whatever you want to call it, non-attachment. Letting go and letting be. So things can arise and slide off. and We don't collect them. We don't string together all the beads into a rosary. There's just a bead and a moment and a moment and a moment, a thought, a feeling, a perception, a memory, and they just arise and fall like little wavelets in the vast ocean of awareness. No problem, no obstruction, no iceberg. Not codified, not reified into an iceberg. Just bubbles bu- bursting. And even if they don't burst, so what? The bubble is the sea anyway. Nothing else, nothing but. And when we see through ourselves, when we, we, the, our bubble-like selves, we don't even have to get rid of the ego. We see the sea and we are the sea and we don't have to burst the bubble. Seeing is freeing. Awareness is curative. Seeing is freeing. Seeing through yourself is seeing Buddha. That's the whole teaching of anatta or no-self in Buddhism. Anicca, anatta, and dukkha. Impermanence no governor or no owner, no separate self, and dissatisfactoriness, that all unenlightened life is laced with suffering, dukkha, dissatisfactoriness. So when we see through ourself, we see Buddha, we, we be Buddha, if only in that moment. That's why Manjusri Srinam says, as I said before, and this is the root quote of my thinking about a Dharma talk or a way of... A, a, a jumping off point about spontaneous meditation and the sacred art of presencing one moment of total awareness is one moment of freedom and enlightenment because we 're all Buddhas by nature. we only have to recognize who what we and what we are it 's only temporary obscurations which veil the inner sun of this innate wakefulness, this pure chitta, this pure consciousness, untouched, unsullied, uncorrupted by momentary obscurations, uncorrupted by the poisons of greed, hatred, delusion, pride, and jealousy, the five poisons or kalashas, five conflicting emotions, kalashas in Buddhism, five poisons, kalashas. Unobscured by that. Just as the sun is untouched by the clouds, just obscured to this re- our human viewpoint. The sun does not rise or fall. The earth turns, right? The sun is not touched by the clouds. It's just obscured momentarily, however long that moment may be, temporarily, by these karmic clouds or obscurations. The sun is perfect before, during, and after. The sun might break through, but the sun didn't do anything. The clouds parted. The sun, inner sun of awareness wisdom is always there of prajna paramita, of jnana paramita. You can read about these in My Awakening the Buddha within. Oh, My Awakening what's it called? Buddhas as Buddha Does, sorry. You know, you gotta move the oatmeal around. Maybe a raisin or a nut will come to the surface. My book, Buddhas as Buddha Does, about the ten paramitas, the ten panacean virtues of the Bodhisattva, the spiritual warrior chapter 6 and chapter 10 about prajna paramita and Gyanaparamita, paramita wisdom knowledge wisdom transcendental wisdom prajna paramita and Gyanaparamita, paramita direct knowing or authentic presence pristine awareness gyana hard to translate prajna which wisdom which we develop and cultivate for example through learning meditation or getting used to it and applying it in life learning reflection Integration and meditation. And jnana, which is more like a lightning bolt, flash of intuition, like the clouds part and the sun is there. Sort of instant, sudden enlightenment. So, spontaneous meditation is always possible. There's a saying in Dzogchen, Yungtung Dramang in Tibetan, sorry, in the Dzogchen tradition many times often repeated about our awareness meditation. Not trying to have many, have a prolongy, a longy, Many quickies, rather few longies in Marin speak. Or maybe it's just me in LSD speak. Moments of mindfulness. Moments of piercing insight. Any time in the day, not just in your 20 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour meditation session in the morning, or at night, or at lunch hour, whenever your time is. Many quickies rather than a few prolongies on the weekend when you have time. Throughout the day, breathe, relax, center, focus, smile. How long does that take? And then start again, arguing in court, or whatever you're doing, you know, racing your car around the speedway, or whatever you're doing. Programming, you know, those websites on Second Life. (laughs) Whatever you're doing. Moments of mindfulness. Say, ah, breathe and relax and smile. Say, ah, that's a nice five-second, ten-second instant meditation. Just add hot samadhi and you're there. Instant meditation. Nothing cheap about that. Every meditation master knows how to do this wherever they are. Nature meditation, natural meditation, sky gazing, wave gazing. What better meditation is there than sitting or standing or walking by the ocean, where the waves wash everything away? You don't have to do it. You don't have to sit and close your eyes and struggle to concentrate while your mind keeps going to other things and bring it back. Traditional mindfulness, using the leash of her mindfulness to come back to what you're doing, concentrating on the breath or whatever using the leash of your mindfulness to come back to the object of attention you've chosen, candle flame, breath counting, or whatever. But let the waves carry you away, as they do transport you beyond yourself, or a bonfire in the hearth, or, or, or flowers, or some beautiful music, or the beauty of sunset, let it transport you beyond yourself, as we say in spiritual traditions. Losing yourself and finding your true self. Not just losing yourself and falling down dead drunk. Consciously, intentionally losing yourself. Being transported, dancing till you drop. Dancing like no one is watching. Losing yourself and finding your true self. As we say, as you said in the timeless traditions. We have to find the way that works for us. That's our natural, spontaneous meditation. Maybe it's listening to gorgeous music. I don't know, I'll just pick on somebody. Um Bach. Or whoever the new American idol is. I don't know. I missed it. <laughs> Bach's a good one. But there are so many. <laughs> Listening to every note, one by note at a time is meditation, by the way. My favorite one is sitting by the water, waterfall, stream, pool lake, particularly the ocean or the waterfall with the sound, the sound and the wind, and it just keeps me busy enough to satisfy me, and eventually everything else goes away. I don't even have to meditate. You just sit there and look at the waves by the ocean. Why would I close my eyes? Just look at the ocean. It's like white noise. You know, it's white pictures. There's nothing to see after a while. And, you know, you just, it washes everything away, just like counting, concentrating on your breath. Eventually, you let go of everything else and wash everything away, and you're just present. Naked awareness. Nowness awareness. Spontaneous meditation. Try to find your natural meditation that you already know how to do. I know you drove all the way here to Spirit Rock, and it's very far um, from anywhere. <laughs> Or we are. And it cost you a lot of money to cross some bridge, $4. And you came in the door here, it cost you another $5. And you expect to get something here. But I'm sorry. You already know how to do this. Who doesn't know? Who a child didn't lie on their back in the grass or in the sand or on their tarry roof of their tenement building in some slum and let go and just naturally sky gaze and dissolve you know first you see faces in the clouds or you trip out or you you connect the stars you see Orion's belt or whatever you know animals you make up you know now they have a whole new system of recognizing the constellations which is great and original marvelous but who doesn't know how to I used to lie in the grass and I was a very active kid I was in all sports and you know I lived to be outside and to do things and move my body Who doesn't know how to do this? I used to lie in the grass and look at the sky and you, know, you can only find faces in the clouds for so long but for your know, habitual reference points, even just lying down but being awake changes your reference point if you don't fall asleep. As a kid, I wasn't always falling asleep like now. <laughs> I wasn't yet bored with life. Everything was marvelous and wondrous, which is this immediacy of awareness, what Zen teachers call beginner's mind. In the expert's mind, there are... Many There are few possibilities. In the beginner's mind, everything is possible. That's Suzuki Roshi, the Zen master of San Francisco Zen Center. Suzuki Roshi. Famous quote in his classic Zen mind, beginner's mind. Try to cultivate that childlike awe and wonderment, as we say in Tibetan, wonderment. Even boredom can be very interesting. Very interesting. Who is bored? Why bored? I mean, what a miracle... I always say I have too many things to do, now I don't have to do anything, and I'm bored? (laughs) Take a vacation from yourself. What can be better than that? The self is the true culprit anyway. Not your healthy ego, but your your neurotic, egotistical, self-centered self. (laughs) Selfishness is the real culprit. In a way, root of all evil. Ignorance is the root of all evil, but selfishness is close, sister, brother, second, Who doesn't know how to sky gaze and dissolve? I used to feel like I was dissolving into the grass. I mean, I didn't have fancy words. I wasn't brought up with parents who meditated or talked about these things. I didn't have the words. But I could lie in the grass and have fun just looking it up and maybe daydreaming a little. And after a while, you know, I felt like I was dissolving into the grass and I was going to wake up in China. (laughs) Just so gone, so dissolved so released in my habitual reference points as jock boy or Long Island Jew boy or whatever I was at that time. Who doesn't know how to do that? That's natural meditation. Try the beach chair asana. Anybody know that from yoga? (laughs) Well, then let me teach you since you came this way and you paid so much. You should learn something. The beach chair asana, one of the seven positions in advanced Dzogchen Togel <laughs> practice. Of course they didn't have beach chairs in Tibet, so they sat like this. The seventh posture of the Togel visionary rainbow light practice. If your knees hurt, stop complaining to the teachers of Spirit Rock. Just stick your legs out. <laughs> or sit in a chair, you know. We meditate with our mind, as it were, our heart and mind and spirit, not our legs. You can do this at the pool while your kids are in the pool with your sunglasses. Nobody knows what you're doing. They think you're sleeping. (laughs) But your inner smile knows. (laughs) Shut up. Drown. (laughs) I'm detached. (laughs) (laughs) Empty yet aware. You still have to be aware. Otherwise you will drown or space out. We can afford to rely more on the Taoist part of ourselves, on the being, not just the doing, on the flow. Be in the sacred zone. Beyond concepts of one, becoming one or oneness, or even noneness. What we hear about in Buddhist centers is no self, anatta, no self. It has so much other rich resonances in the original language for Buddhist people who understand Buddhist thought. Like no governor, no owner. No one home. You know, no one home, no problem. There's no one for the, the muggers to mug. There's no one, nothing for the thieves to steal. And rather than trying to crack this very difficult nut, no self, anatta, no atma, no permanent, independent, separate soul or self, maybe we could work a little more on becoming less selfish more altruistic and giving, connected, inclusive and collaborative, less selfish. That we can understand, I think, how selfishness brings us so many problems, us and all those connected to us in this world, in this greedy, materialistic, volatile world, with so much fear coming from anger and selfishness and greed, so much fear and violence coming from anger, selfishness and greed. there's a lot I could say more about spontaneous meditation and natural meditation. Natural body is Buddha's body, the just sitting, just standing, just being, whatever your position is. Perfect embodiment. Natural breath and energy, the second natural, is Sambhogakaya, pure energy, total flow, let it go. Let it come and go, let it be. Natural breath natural body, and third, natural heart-mind, let it be. The mind, consciousness, <laughs> the spirit is perfect, is magnificent in its natural state. As Zen Zen Master Chempa says, leave it as it is and rest your weary mind. Your nature mind is perfect, magnificent in its natural state. Leave it as it is and rest your weary mind, as Chempa says. Let me tie it up now, because I want to get to the question, Period with a little story from the Dzogchen tradition, the natural great perfection tradition, that stresses this nowness, awareness, not rituals, mantras, tantras, yantras, mudras, and so on. Naked awareness practice, very integrative. That's why we meditate with our eyes open so we can carry it in life more easily. Then learning to meditate with our eyes closed, be mindful and aware with our eyes closed. Then in life, challenge because we haven't practiced it, with our eyes open. Walking meditation is a good midway point, I think, for this. Walking with your eyes closed, even if you sit with your, with your eyes open, sorry. <laughs> even if you sit with your eyes closed. One of the greatest um, masters in Tibetan Buddhism, the Dalai Lama, loves to talk about it, Rinpoche, the enlightened vagabond, who lived in the 1800s, was part of the Rimei, or non-sectarian Rimei Renaissance in Tibet. You can read 20 or 30 stories about him in my collection of Tibetan teaching tales of snow lions, turquoise mane, wisdom tales from Tibet. This great Patrul Rinpoche vowed never to sleep inside, which in Tibet is a formidable ascetic practice and not to accumulate everything, even though he was such a famous master and received offerings and other things for his t- teachings, you know, from the local princes and kings and herdsmen or whoever came to him. And, one day he was lying on a hilltop in the mountains above the Zogchen Monastery where he had been teaching last week. And he was there with his disciple, Nyoshul Lungtuk, the grand guru of my Zogchen master, Nyoshi Kempo, who was the Dzogchen teacher of many Vipassana teachers <laughs> till he died in 1998. And Noshulongtok Noshu was lying there. He was like a student, a disciple, and Pachwumtree was the master. And they were, I guess, sleeping outside. They were lying there on this hilltop. And at night, let's say, lying there, leaning back, whatever, you know, looking at the stars, whatever they were doing. I don't know. Probably looking at the rainbow light, you know, whatever they were. Whatever was coming over their Buddha vision cable channel. And all of a sudden, there were some dogs barking down by the Dzogchen Monastery, you know, far away in the valley, half a day's walk. The sounds of the dogs barking wafted up to them on the hilltop or the mountainside. And the master, Patrimoche, said to the disciple, No talk. Do you hear those dogs barking? The disciple said, Yes. Do you see those stars? Yes. The master said, that's it. That's it. That's spontaneous meditation. The natural working of innate wakefulness, before you start thinking about it, categorize it, identifying it as good or bad, wanted or unwanted, threatening or helpful, mind, you know, my thoughts, my anger. you know, reifying and identifying with it. Before that, the first moment is the only moment there is. And then we fabricate on top of that, superimposing our concepts, like tying, trying to tie the sky into knots, putting barbed wire over the sky-like nature of free awareness, free and open awareness. That's why Trungpa Rinpoche, the great Buddhist pioneer, Chyukri Trungpa Rinpoche, founder of the Rope Institute, Shambhala Centers, etc., wrote his, his first book, maybe his only book of poems, I can't remember, he has dozens of books out. The late, great Trungpa Rinpoche, Chagrin Trungpa, he said, first thought, best thought. It doesn't mean to be impulsive. It means first moment, only moment. Not to overlay it, superimpose concepts upon it. Of course, you need to think when you need to think. Thinking and intellect is a good tool, but it's a poor master. The problem is we're too much under its power. First moment, the only moment. That's the dawn of creation. That's what we're talking about. Sacred art of presencing. Totally present. Incandescent, lucid, radiant presence. Not holding on to anything. Moment by moment, free-flowing. The spirit is ecstatic, not static. The flow of this pure conscious achitta, this rigpa, it's whatever you want to call it, buddha mind, is ecstatic, not static. You don't have to hold it in place. It's fine. You don't have to make all your balls fall in one... Uh, fall you know, into place maybe wherever they land could be the right place this is the moment of the dawn of creation the, the dawn of Dharmakaya the moment of great release and freedom that moment of total awareness That's Dharmakaya mindfulness total awareness freedom and enlightenment don't think it's about how long you meditate it's not about quantity friends it's about quality of wakefulness any questions, please? Yes, sir. Can we mic- pass the mic to him? Yep. What is enlightenment? Is that what you're saying? Um, first thing says, enlightenment is not what we think it is. You know, heaven, God, nirvana, not what we think it is, but we are not who we think we are. That's why we're engaged in this wisdom tradition, this wisdom... Thank you for listening.